Welcome to another episode of the She vs. World podcast. It's your girl, Danielle, here, and I am thrilled to share with you today's episode. Our guest is a friend of a friend, and it was an introduction made by one of my good girlfriends when I put the call out for who should we nominate and put as a guest on the show, who needs to join this table, and my girl, KJ. Thanks, KJ. Introduce me to today's guest, Stephanie Sacker. Stephanie is... Well, on paper, she's a certified wellness coach, but you're going to hear in this conversation, she is just a beautiful soul of mental and physical wellness. She's all about connecting the mind and the body together, healing ourselves, and really working and becoming the best version of ourselves possible, which is so beautiful. And I really hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation as much as I enjoyed getting to be part of it. Stephanie and I talked about some honestly really deep things. We jumped in the pool from the get-go as soon as we hit record, but we talked a lot about parenting and parenthood and what it's been for me being a mother and as her experience as a mother. We talked about creating consciously healthy households. Super important one for me, super important one for Stephanie. And as I think a lot of the listeners out there, it's really important for you too, whether or not you have children or a dog, or it's just you, or it's you and a partner, but how do we create healthy habits and households that support the life we want to live? We talk about boundaries and non-negotiables, my favorite things, including Stephanie's ideal morning and her tips for getting a really strong start to your day. We talk about seriously going deep and overcoming our own BS and the need that we feel sometimes to do it all, how we can live consciously and make more empowered choices for ourselves, how we're getting in touch with our inner selves and oof, meeting clients where they are. Fam, today's episode was deep and beautiful and soulful and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you get some nuggets out of it the way I did. I took furious notes the entire time. There was moments of pause when I was just scribbling things that Stephanie was saying so that I could implement them into my own life. And I hope that you are able to connect with Stephanie, who I'm linking in the show notes. And uh, like I mentioned at the end of the podcast, can't wait to have her back for another episode. So without further ado, please welcome today's guest, Stephanie Sacker, to the table. Okay, so Stephanie and I were chatting offline and we just had to literally cut ourselves off because this is such a beautiful conversation. But we have an incredible guest today who I already feel so connected to. And I just, I know this conversation is going to be amazing. And we're also recording it on International Women's Day. So, Stephanie, I'm really curious what does today mean to you as a woman, as a mother, as someone who gets to work with women? What is a day about celebrating women or acknowledging them? mean to you? Wow. What an awesome question. Um, so being a woman and like really tapping into what we have to offer. And now I, you know, now I am 40 and I feel like I have enough experience, life experience and healing and under my belt to really embrace who we are as women and, you know, really tap into what we're good at and what we are naturally, like what our natural gifts are, not trying to be someone we're not, not trying to compete with anyone else, not trying to make anyone else happy. But really, I believe that our true gifts as women 
really shine when we take the time to check in with ourselves and ask us what we need on any given moment. And women are just so powerful when we step into that place of trusting ourselves and truly accepting what we're here to do. And that's different for everyone. So I I think that that answer is an individual, you know, um, preference. But for me, it really means just owning our gifts and stepping into the women that we are meant to be and the impact that we are, you know, meant to make. That's really beautiful. And what do you feel like as a woman, your gifts and impact is meant to be? Uh, As a woman, I believe my gifts are the ability to, number one, is the gift to relate on a deep level. Uh, I thrive on deep connection. I know not everyone's wired that way, but for me, there is nothing more powerful, rewarding, fulfilling than deeply connecting, especially with other women, but just in general, feeling that deep connection and and understanding people and, and really genuinely taking the time and having a deep interest in understanding what makes people tick. And so for me, it's like a deep connection, being able to have that really deep, um, you know, connected relationship with people. Mm. Now you're on paper, a certified wellness coach, but what do you, what do you believe that superpower is in you? And I guess, as I'm asking you this question, why don't we take a moment to really introduce you to everybody? They know that you're Stephanie. They know that you are just have such a beautiful soul already, but share a little bit more about yourself with us, please. Sure. So I am a wife and a mother of two daughters, six and nine. Mm -hmm. I live in Los Angeles and born and raised. Um, and, And I love supporting women. I mean, that's really what I do. I have a, a nine-month-old puppy, a Bernadoodle, Shiloh. Um, and I love staying active, but really, I mean, I'm, I'm a mom and I always like to say this. I'm a, I'm a coach sometimes, but I'm a messenger always. So that Mm. kind of sums me. (laughs) That's really cool. What do you think, or what do you believe is that superpower of yours? Superpower. Wow. I, I've heard a few of your podcasts and I kind of had a feeling you're going to ask me this and I didn't really think about it ahead of time. But um, I really think that my superpower is connecting. I really do believe that. I believe that my superpower is my deep, my ability to build trust very easily because I genuinely care and I listen. And um, as I've gotten older, I've realized that before finding that truth, what was lacking is my ability to actually listen to my inner voice and trust my gut. I was looking for outside perspectives more than I was checking in with myself. And once I've gotten more laser focused on that, I've been able to shine my light brighter. 
I think that's so beautiful because I think a lot of times we spend so much time ignoring who we are deep down inside. And I read a quote last night and I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's like part of like growing up and maturing is coming to really love and accept the person that you are inside, not the person that you think you're supposed to be or that society tells you you're supposed to be. How was that process to getting to that point for you? Um, I, well, for me, I think that that, that evolves, right? So if you were to ask the 20 year old version (laughs) of Stephanie, I would have thought, you know, getting through high school and getting through the beginning stages of my twenties was, I actually thought I had all the answers. Don't we feel that way in our twenties? Oh my God, Um, knew everything. (laughs) But now fast forward to 40, it's, it's just, it's been, a natural evolution. And as you and I were chatting about before we jumped on here is a huge benefit and part, an integral part of my growth and healing has been being a mom Mm -hmm. and experiencing, experiencing reparenting myself and really diving deep into inner child healing work and looking at you know, what I received as a child, loving and appreciating and coming from gratitude with for both of my parents, but choosing to do different and um, and really being able to do a lot of healing through my through my parenting and and with my girls. I was sharing with you also offline, but I think it's so worth saying is that, you know, when you be when I became pregnant, the very first thing I thought after the like holy shit, I'm pregnant, you know, was how can I be the best person, the best version of myself for this little baby? Because they didn't, you know, ask to be born. They were born with a completely blank slate and like how you can show up for them is going to program their whole life. And, And I think that that was like really defining for me of having to start to work on, cause I know I still have got a lot of work to do with my own inner shit and, and to, to, you know, recognize what I don't want to project on him and to recognize what I, I, I have held off on dealing with my whole life. And I think that's a really, it's kind of crazy because a lot of us think that we shouldn't have kids until we get to this point, but like, we didn't realize like how much they helped us become better versions of ourselves. Absolutely. Oh no, 100% agree with you. Absolutely. And we don't know that until later. (laughs) Uh Yes. Now, I'm really curious with you because you have two beautiful little girls and how are you approaching parenting and how are you approaching raising this next generation and, and including physical healthy habits and mental healthy habits? And, and, you know, how are you incorporating that into your family and how does that show up in your household? All of that. Yeah. Well, I think this is a a mind, body, and soul thing because really our kids are watching. Children do what they see us do, not what we say, right? Mm -hmm. So if we go back to most of our childhoods and think about what we saw modeled, (laughs) it's not shocking that like, you know, most of us in our 30s and 40s are parenting very differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And thank goodness for that, right? Mm -hmm. But I I would say not only in the food that we – nourish ourselves with, but how we mentally, emotionally, and physically 
um, take care of ourselves. I know, I mean, I can't even, I don't think I've ever seen my parents exercise. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but I think back to my childhood, I never saw them going to the gym. I never saw them exercising and, or in, or meditating or encouraging me to listen to my inner voice. And so it's not just the lifestyle, but also the conversation. Um, I, I'm really a, a, a big proponent of holding space for my daughters and holding space for them to share their feelings, you know, and, and my daughter, my oldest daughter is in fourth grade and, you know, there's a lot to talk about in fourth grade. And sometimes she comes home and I can just see it or, or even my six year old in first grade. And it's like, you know, they want to be asked how their day was. They want the time to share and it, as adults, you know, we get so caught up in the day-to-day of, you know, adulting and all the important things that adults do. And it's easy to kind of discount how, you know, what a big deal, you know, their day is and and what they're dealing with is. And so I really try to take myself again. It's an opportunity for me to go back and step into little Stephanie and think about how I would have wanted my parents to be and and care and hold space and listen and have empathy. And again, similar to what we were talking about offline is not just, oh, suck it up, buttercup. It's it's mm-hmm. okay. You know, this is nothing. Kids are kids. You know, it's like, no, it, it is. Yes, kids are kids, but this is a big deal. And when I didn't have that space to share what happened was I acted out in other ways and I didn't know why or how. And it, it really affected me emotionally disconnecting and not actually learning to tap in and ask myself how I'm feeling, what I need, because it was just, just suppress it, push it down, deal with it. And, oh yeah, you're right, dad. You're right, mom. It's, it's nothing. And it really was something. So for me, it's really, um, you know, giving them that space and modeling, also modeling more of our self care and honoring our thoughts, dreams, and also boundaries, a big one. Um, we show them how to do that for themselves. So it's, I think it's really vital that we own how we're showing up. And that doesn't mean necessarily just being on time, being responsible adults, but really how are we showing up when we're honoring ourselves? So that's a big one. I love that. I think what you said was, was so funny. And um, the the suck it up buttercup, it, it applies at a lot of aspects of my life. But, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in a house where we didn't really talk about feelings. We didn't have mm-hmm. people, like taught to not have feelings almost. And like, I remember for a long time, I wore that as like a badge of honor, especially through college where I was like, I don't cry. I don't have emotions. Like I was, you know, but, 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 but I'm an achiever. I do all these things. And now as an adult, I'm just like, I'm just going to cry whenever I want. And you all can deal with it because this is the human experience. <laughs> yeah. And really what you're doing is you are raising the standard and showing them what's okay. And you're really, you're really allowing them to elevate by doing that. I, I just, I think that it's so interesting though, that you talk about, like, it's not just the foods we eat. Cause we all joke a lot about in my circle about how we eat like fruit roll-ups. That's like red dye number or whatever. And when we turn out fine, but at the same time, like we recognize how horrible that was. And, and not in like a finger pointing way, but in a, 
now that you know better, do better kind Mm -hmm. of way. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. It's a miracle. I'm here to have this, this conversation with you with (laughs) what I ate, what all of the, I can't tell you how much box cereal and everything else. I I just, it's a miracle. I'm alive. (laughs) Oh my God. No, my mom, like bless her heart, made us lunch every day, but it was peanut butter and jelly with like sugar jelly and, you know, goldfish crackers and Capri Suns. And like, we thought that was the jam. And now Mm -hmm. like, I see someone eating that. I'm like, oh, they're, they, they must not like love their children or something. <laughs> but I know. And it's, it's funny that you say that because I actually have conversations with my girls because you know what? I, I don't want them to be so, you know, I, I'm my husband and I, we, we, the whole family, we live a very healthy lifestyle. We eat very healthy and move our bodies regularly, but I also don't want them to have, you know, obsessions over food and what they can and cannot eat. I want them to be kids. But the big thing for me is giving them context. So I don't want to just say, no, you can't have that. I want them to understand. And again, this is an opportunity, a teachable moment Mm. to walk them through the process of making good choices, right? And it's not because, oh, well, mom makes good choices, so I'm going to make good choices. That's great. But on a deeper level, how can they tap in and check in with themselves with how they're feeling. Because for me, food has a lot to do with how I feel. And I I don't want to eat garbage because I'll feel like garbage. And that's enough motivation for me not to eat it. It's not that I'm obsessed with staying a certain, you know, weight or anything to do anything similar. It's yeah. really I f- what do I eat that makes me feel amazing and I'm going to eat it. And that's that's how I explain it to the girls. Look, I'm not saying no just to be you know, a nag or make your life a living hell. I actually am saying no because I care and because I want you to nourish your body and feel amazing. So ask yourself and, and once in a while, you know, at a birthday party, they'll have a piece of cake and, you know, they complain about feeling like crap in an hour. And I, I appreciate that they're having that experience, but also as parents, I think we can do, um, we can do our job by walking them through that, you know, and them not just saying, oh, I feel bad, but actually connecting the dots for them and walking them through that. Okay. Well, that was probably from the piece of cake because that was sugar and that feels, you know, that, you know, all the things. So I think just giving them an opportunity to connect the dots and think for themselves instead of just saying no. And that's really how I parent around everything. I want them to understand why I say no to having a phone, why I say no to social media for them. You know what I mean? Oh my God. They're way too young for, I, I'm here. I am crazy. I'm like, they're way too young for social media. They're way too young. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I love what you said. There's a couple of things I really want to unpack. And one Mm -hmm. of them is that, you know, it kind of goes back to how we, we were raised that like, one, like the, the, how in America we eat and the prevalence of sugar and all that's a whole other discussion. But like, we just were raised to that, like sugar was in everything and kids get fruit snacks and dessert and ice cream and this and that. And then like the kids are crazy and have like behavioral issues and nobody ever connected that. And it's interesting because I have family members who are very much like, oh, my kid needs to eat dessert every night or he throws a tantrum. And I remember this one time I said, do you think at all that that might be a sugar withdrawal and it's like causing some sort of chemical reaction? And everyone looked at me like I was a crazy person and I was like, okay, maybe not. But how about we like talk about the fact that like that the food creates 
patterns and not just, mm-hmm. you know, this is not because I'm like a health freak. Like I love Susie cakes more than anybody, but uh, like, I, you know, to kind of create that, what you did was you made a, a like a neural pathway of when you eat this because you want to, and then you don't feel great. Let's talk about it. But like, you mm-hmm. don't want to say you can't go to a birthday party and eat cake because you're six years old and you want them to live life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am a little bit of a stickler. Like, I don't know about some of these birthday parties. They're like cake at 3 p.m. And we're going to be eating dinner. So I am kind of the jerk (laughs) that says, okay, put the cake on a plate. We'll take it home. We'll have dinner and you can have it for dessert. Like, that's a big deal for me because I, I don't know, every, everyone parents differently. And I've given, you know, I've given cupcakes midday. I'm fine with that or whatever. But I, I just, I believe that we are setting them up for success for good eating habits. And I think, like you said, creating that neural pathway. Absolutely. I want them to link the, you know, the foods. I don't want them to leave the house and then gorge on every fast food and, you know, get diabetes in in, in a yeah. year because they never had any sweets and they went crazy. Um, so it's it's all moderation, but but I do believe, and also it's like, I mean, we could have another conversation about this, but it's also about boundaries. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, we, I, I, I trust my, my nine-year-old. She's, she's an old soul. She's very insightful. She's very smart. And I like to honor and ask her her opinions on a lot of things. That doesn't mean that I'm taking cues from my nine-year-old. And if I feel that, you know, kids respond a certain way to sugar, I think I'm doing a disservice to my kids for not stepping in and setting a boundary around it. You know, it tastes good, yeah, but you're going to feel like hell in in less than an hour and you're probably not going to sleep and you're probably not going to be able to focus tomorrow at school and, you know, you're going to be an ass. Yeah. <laughs> All the things. It's like, come on. Hello. You know what you said that I really loved is that, and this is a this is maybe like an unpopular opinion that I'm saying, is that it's our job to really show up in the roles that we're meant to be. And so if we're a parent, we need to parent. If we're a boss, we need to be a boss. If we're a coworker, we need to be a team player. It's not mm-hmm. always about being the most liked person. It's about owning the role that you're in and, and creating, like you said, a boundary in that relationship. Yes, 100%. And I actually have this conversation with my kids a lot, my husband and I both, Um you know, it's, I think it is an un- unpopular, uh, opinion, but you know, I'm, I'm your parent first. I'm not, I'm not your best friend. And, and yes, I love you. And there will come a time when you're in your twenties and we will go out for cocktails, but you know, and I want to always have that trust with my kids. I always want them to trust me and be a safe place and them to know that I am their biggest advocate and I'm always in their corner but I'm also not trying to be liked by my children. And when the time comes to set a boundary, whether they like it or not, I'm going to. And in addition to that, although I don't think that all things merit an explanation, I do believe in, again, shedding some light and giving them some context. Because if it's just, oh, mom's going to say no, or mom said no, she's destroying my life. Like, okay, the truth is I'm saying no because X, Y, Z. And, you know, we talked a little bit about, I, I mentioned social media, but it's like, 
explaining why my my thought process, what that is, and why I am a hard no on social media for kids and even teens. Now my nine-year-old understands, oh, the no is coming from a place of love. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful that this is my mom. And and it was so cute. Just the other day, this kind of, this reminded me, she had a little bit of a stomach bug and, and she said, you know, I was taking care of her and she said, I'm so glad you're my mom. (laughs) It was so sweet. It was so sweet. But you know, those, those moments where, you know, we have to, we have to set boundaries, but remember that it's not, it's the name of the game for me is not being liked by my kids, but knowing that I did my part, that I did my best to, you know, guide and lead them in the right direction to make good choices on their own. That's also how I I feel so deeply about like, just in any role in life, I think, we are all inherent people pleasers. And so mm. there's like nothing harder than if your kid gets mad at you. I mean, like I have a, I have a Husky Huskies are very emotional. So like when he's mad at me, like he tells me and I feel mm-hmm. horrible, but it's the same thing with like with work. If you upset a coworker or if you are the boss and your employee doesn't like what you did, it's, it's really being able to not to be okay not being liked, but also mm-hmm. to know that you're going to be respected for it. Mm-hmm. And and, and like, maybe that's because I grew up in like with tough skin, but to me, that's always been the priority is to be respectful and to make the best decisions for people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, getting back to being women, I mean, for me, I am a recovering people pleaser 100%. And, you know, I might be able to set a hard boundary with my children, but there are a lot of people in my life that I've struggled setting boundaries with. And that's, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better now over time, but, but still like we want to naturally, we just want to keep the peace and feel good and, you know, make sure everyone is happy. And again, going back to parenting, it's like, I'm having this conversation with my daughters, you know, about kids at school. It is not your job to make everyone happy. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I'm talking to myself here. And that's what I'm talking about, about healing. No one told me in this manual of parenting that I would be parenting myself. But the reality is, you know, guiding them to make good choices is also healing ourselves. Mm. Tell me, what are some boundaries and non-negotiables in your life that just help you move through it? Um, In general? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, some non-negotiables. Well, for me, I'm a big proponent of a morning routine. Yeah. That is, that's a non-negotiable for me. And yeah, I mean, it's not, it really evolved. I mean, it's really different every day. And my thing, you know, that I encourage my clients too is to start small and, you know, I, I feel into whatever I need in the moment. So if I wake up and I need, you know, I always wake up before my before everyone in the house. And by doing that, it's a gift. It's not a chore. It's a gift. It's my time. And, you know, this is another one that both of my kids have tested. And it's a boundary where, no, this is mama time. And I am here for you after it. But this is mama time. And, and they respect that. And they – and I'm again, we're showing them how to show up for themselves, right? And that we can – respect ourselves and honor ourselves and and take up that space. But um, my morning routine, 
you know, again, it just depends. Some days I wake up, I need to do some stretching. Some days I need to do, you know, a meditation. Some days I just journal for the full hour. Some days I'm listening to podcasts like yours or whatever is going to ground me, inspire me, and prevent me from just starting my day rolling into autopilot and really being aware and present and grateful and in a place of abundance and just feeling amazing. I mean, that's really the goal of my morning routine and it does change from day to day, but that time is locked in on my calendar. That's really um, unique also. And let's just say, for example, one of your clients doesn't have an hour completely to themselves. Mm -hmm. What are like three tips or three action items that they could do in, let's just say 15 minutes to really start their day? Or what would you recommend we do to start our day? Okay. So just 15 minutes. Um, I would say, you know, devote five. Well, first of all, for me, I, I love coffee. So part of my morning routine is also enjoying my cup of coffee. Like that, that's just my jam. So whatever, whatever you are called to, I, I'm a big fan of beverages. So if you like tea, if you like water, just, just something to kind of awaken your senses. Um, but within that 15 minutes, it could be, you know, just segmented. Maybe it's a five minute meditation, a five minute stretching and five minute journaling. Like that's a lot that a lot can happen in those 15 minutes. If you really chunk it down, we have so much time that we could be filling with value that are, that's nourishing ourselves. And we just feel so overwhelmed sometimes wearing so many hats that there's always something else to do or someone else to take care of. And those even those 15 minutes, even if you only had 10, think about it. If you took, I mean, five minutes meditating, that's a lot. (laughs) Five minutes meditating and then five minutes journaling, that's a lot of processing, a lot of gratitude, a lot of getting your feelings out on paper. And really the act, it doesn't matter how long you have or how little. It's you prioritizing that time for yourself and owning that and knowing that you deserve it. And that is really when you hear self-care or self-love all the time, and I'm a big advocate of it, and it's really we are lying to ourselves when we say we're going to do something and we don't. And there's nothing like we all have 10 minutes. We all have 15 minutes, you know? And if you can't make that time for yourself, then most likely you're going to be depleted and burnt out in a matter of time. And so it's so, I mean, it's so valuable. So just make the time. You know, what's interesting is I, I, okay, so I'm not going to say I'm bad at meditating. It is not my favorite thing to do, which is also the feedback that I, it, I, I need to work on it. But somebody mm-hmm. a long time ago once said to me that if you don't have time to meditate once a day, you need to be doing it twice a day. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, shut up. You know, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. what? but mm-hmm. in that breath, what I realized that really meant was that if you don't have time to take care of yourself for five minutes, you actually need 10 minutes. Like that mm. you stopped prioritizing yourself so much that you can't give yourself a five minute window. You know, whether it's you wake up a few minutes early or you just tell your people like, I just need five minutes. And I think that that's a I really love what you said. Like you can do so much with just five minutes. And I think we discount how powerful time is. And at the same time, we just so freely waste it. 
Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And it's all, I mean, you could really dive deep on this, you know, like, why do you not have 10 minutes? Like, what, what is it really? Because we tend to, we're, we're really good at believing our own BS, you know, and telling ourselves one thing and believing, you know, believing it's because we don't like meditating or we're not good at it, but, you know, we're distracted by something else or it's preventing us from digging deep. And, getting back to meditation, like meditating is not for everyone. It's not easy. I think it could benefit everyone. And for those that really struggle with meditation, oh my gosh, I'm getting a phone call. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, is, is doing a guided meditation, Yeah. you know, guided meditations. I actually prefer them. And I have, you know, I have some that are like eight minutes long and it's like a heart centered meditation that grounds me and, it's amazing. And so just, you know, just know that if meditation is not your jam, there are so many guided meditations that are amazing that will walk you through it and you still reap the benefits. Um, but I think the deeper level is asking us, getting back to that quote or who, whatever, you know, what that person said to you, what it really is, is, is why are you not making time? You know what I mean? We all have, we all have five, 10 minutes. Two things. One, yes. will you send me these guided meditations once we're done recording? Yeah, I yeah. Love, I, or, or maybe you have them linked on your website or something, but I would love to listen and also share them because I think a lot of people would love to start but don't know where to start. And, and that mm-hmm. would be great. And then two, you said we tell ourselves a lot of lies. And I got to be honest with you, we do. And I'm curious mm-hmm. from your perspective, especially somebody who works you know, with people in a wellness space what are some of the lies that you see and what are very common lies and maybe what are some objections that you have to them? Yeah. I mean, I I just, I I don't like that word lies, but it's, we, no, 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 it's okay. I said it and you know, I said it, it happens, but it's really like understanding what that means. Cause I think the word lies just makes people like feel shame. And at the end of the day, we believe our own BS and that essentially deep down is a lie, right? We're lying to ourselves because we are not going to, and the, and this is, goes back to, um, uh, much of what I am, um, all about living consciously and, and making deliberate choices and living, you know, making choices every day to empower us. And it kind of coincides with that. It's this whole, you know, we've told ourselves that, you know, making time for ourselves is selfish or we have to, you know, we've heard the timeless expression, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And really being a mom, it's, there's so much, like it's, it's hard work. It is, it's a lot of work. And it's so easy, myself included. I am super guilty of this or have been in the past is, you know, oh, I've got to take care of everyone else first. And if there's a minute left to scrape or, you know, once everyone's, you know, happy, then I can do, you know, whatever it is that I really want to do because there's other things that need to be handled first. And this is really what I see most when it comes to believing our own BS or lying to ourselves is that's not true. (laughs) That is absolutely not true. Because by taking the time to prioritize ourselves and really check in with ourselves, even check in and say like, 
Danielle, Stephanie, like, what do you need right now? Like, mm. what do you really need? Not, not what does this person need? What do you need? And really realizing that we all deserve and were and are worthy of feeling amazing. And that doesn't need to be linked to, you know, just going on a vacation or a shopping spree, like giving ourselves permission to ask us what we need and desire. And, um, you know, by doing that, by taking the time to fill our cup, however that looks, moving your body, drinking more water, all the things, it is giving you so much more to nourish and pour into the ones we love. And so I think, you know, we, a lot of times women, and I've seen this with my clients is we are so proud to say we're busy or proud to say that we, you know, are just, oh my gosh, I'm taking care of this and I'm I'm helping my child and I'm doing this and that's all great. But then also saying, oh my gosh, I don't have a moment to breathe. And, and so that's where we, I think the lies, you know, it's like, okay, did you, did you go for a walk for 30 minutes? Oh no, I didn't have time. Okay. Um, did you make healthy choices yesterday with what you ate? Oh, well, I just ate the scraps of my kid's plate. Uh, you know what I mean? And those that's what I see mo- more than anything is is women cutting corners, filling their tank and taking like little cr- whatever crumbs they can get, literally and figuratively. Um, and so that gets in the way of results because if if women don't believe if we don't believe that we're worthy and we don't believe that it's a priority and we don't believe that we need to do that like i'm a i i believe that i believe that if i do not take that time for myself in the morning i'm going to be a beast and i am not going to be the woman i want to be i'm not going to show up the way i want to show up i'm not going to you know parent the way that i want to parent i'm not going to be the wife i want you know want to be i'm not going to be the friend all the things and it trickles into every avenue of our lives but the lie is that we can't do this for ourselves until everyone else is taken care of, or we can't do this because this is seen as selfish or, you know, it's a lot of it is deep seated, like our own stuff. It's Mm -hmm. not really, it's not really the truth. It's just stuff we're telling ourselves. And the biggest, I think the biggest thing linked to excuses and lies is us not giving ourselves permission to even check in with ourselves at any given moment and ask what we need. Wow. That really hits so home for me personally about feeling like you have to do it all. And like, Mm -hmm. I know for me, I at least think that I, one, I love to cook. I want to preface that. And I also love to Mm -hmm. clean. I'm a freak, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to stop my work day and make sure that dinner gets made and that we're making a nourishing meal. And then the house gets vacuumed. Cause again, that Husky, God love him, but sheds all over the place Mm -hmm. and and then has to make sure that the bottles are washed and the laundry is done. I, I have that deep rooted feeling that like, I have to take care of it. And I have a insanely supportive, capable husband and it's funny because if Pat makes dinner, people are like, oh my God, Pat made dinner. Like what a saint. And it's like, we give men just like these alkylates for doing the bare minimum. And then we look at women who are just working themselves to the bone or taking scraps for themselves and being like, oh, she's not doing enough or, oh, that's what she should be doing. And it's such an interesting standard that we've placed on ourselves. 
Yeah. And and you hit the nail on the head. It's placing it on ourselves. No one's really saying that. No one really thinks that. And if they do, that's their stuff, not yours. And I think that myself, I'm a recovering perfectionist as well as people pleaser. I love a clean home too. Yep. And, you know, I know what works. I mean, my husband and I both work from home. Last year, we homeschooled our girls. The girls are back in school now, but we also have a dog. And I know that I thrive when I am in clean space. So, I like to, you know, just some actionable items. Mm-hmm. I like to first thing in the morning after I drop the girls off, just do a quick vacuum, you know, clean, yeah. just a, a little bit of tidying. I mean, I maintain a clean home, but this is also an easy avenue. And I don't think this is the case with you, but in general, an easy avenue to believe our own BS, this whole convenient distraction. Like, I know I need to do X, Y, and Z to move the dial in my business or in this relationship or whatever it is that we want to achieve. And yet, oh no, I better, I better clean the house first. I better bleach the shower. I better, you know, that's, that's also an easy distraction. And that, that sabotages us and keeps us from, you know, achieving the results that we want. But um, that was just something that came to me that I that I do hear a lot actually and and navigating, okay, is this you just want to maintain a clean home or is this a convenient distraction? There's so many. I mean, come on, you could be scrolling cat videos for <laughs> so easy to find distractions. Come on. Um, but you're right. I think that, you know, we have placed this I was just talking with a friend earlier and it's like, we all have our, we're getting lessons every day. And I am a believer that we will continue to get the lessons until we really move past them and, and, and get the lessons. Like the lesson will continue to present themselves. And for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of other women as well, maybe yourself included, asking for help. You know, and that doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, need CPR. Like it doesn't need to get to damage control. We're talking about the little things like, can you take the dog out? Can you, you know, those little things that, you know, I'm not, I can't take the dog out better than you. It's not about thinking I can do it better. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to impose. I don't want to, you know, and that's, that's our lesson to get. And eventually when we, when we've, reach that point where we're like, okay, we legitimately need help. This isn't going to work without asking. We start extending ourselves and asking for more help. And that's part of the growth. So I think that it's a combination of things, but absolutely agree with what you're saying about maintaining a clean home, wanting to do all the things. And, you know, and then the deeper conversation is about asking ourselves why we're doing what we're doing. You know, are we doing, are we making decisions to please other people? Are we making decisions to look good? Are we making decisions to, um, you know, make sure everyone else's needs are met? Are we actually checking in with ourselves? And again, I'm all about intention and it goes with everything. It's literally everything. Why am I taking a sip of this water right now? (laughs) Is it because I'm thirsty or is it because I need to hydrate my body and I want to be preemptive. Why am I, you know, fill in the blank and you could go crazy with it. But I think that it really allows us to get clear and, and allows us to move the BS out of the way and really ask ourselves the honest question and get an honest answer and not just what sounds good, what everyone's going to want, you know, and please the masses and or our immediate family or anyone else. How do you get in touch with yourself? How do you silence that noise 
And, you know, it sounds like you have a good amount of, of peace within yourself, but I'm guessing it probably wasn't always that way. So what was that Mm -hmm. process like? And maybe like, what are a couple tips for somebody, you know, even like myself Mm -hmm. feels very in the noise right now. Yeah. Um, well, I'm definitely not perfect by any means. I mean, I have my fair share of moments. Come on. I but I have done, I have, I, I feel like I made a lot of progress in this arena. And again, not perfect. We're not trying to be perfect here. Um, it's just really trying to keep our sanity. And we cannot thoroughly live optimally into like our full potential and live into full, complete happiness if we're feeling this chaos inside. And so, you know, it sounds corny, but there can be a lot of chaos around us, but we can still choose to turn inward and get get quiet and listen to that voice. So for me, I mean, I love, I'm a big not meditate. I really prefer guided meditations, to be honest with you, than just sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier. I can get the job done a lot quicker because I like efficiency too. That's great. Uh, efficient meditation. Don't you love that? That's an interesting concept. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm an efficient meditator. Um, but for me, it's journaling. Journaling has helped me a lot because I am very much a feeler. I like, I, I have feelings. I want to think, you know, it, a lot of thoughts and feelings swirling around, just kind of clouding my space makes me crazy. But when I'm frustrated, like I will just, and I don't, I don't get, again, my journaling is not perfect either. It's a, a discount you know, folder from Rite Aid or whatever I can find. It doesn't need to be perfect. Like we don't need to get ready to get ready. Um, Just get the damn journal and start writing. And some days I'm just frustrated and I will write out all of my frustrations on paper. No one's going to read it. It's not, and I'm not sending it to anyone. I might not even ever look at it again. But what it allows me to do is get my thoughts and feelings on paper. It's not organized. It's messy. It's okay. It's my space. And it's amazing what five minutes of journaling will do and then closing my eyes or doing the opposite, closing your eyes first, getting centered, and then journaling is a great start. But I like to, after I'm done processing all the garbage, then close my eyes and just listen to what I hear Mm. and taking that time for stillness. And again, in that moment, Steph, what do you need? Like, what do you need? You're, you're safe. What do you need right here in this moment? Do you like, what do you need? And, and sometimes it, and I don't even mean that it's going to be an actionable item. Maybe that's just the reassurance, like, okay, you're okay. You know? And when we get, when we feel overwhelmed, it's, it can get, it can get really icky. And then, you know, relationships are impacted, business is impacted. And so I think, this is not just like, oh, this is a nice idea, Pollyanna. This is this is a necessity. Like we really have to be doing this for ourselves. I think that, you know, we're lucky to live in a day and age where it's okay now to turn inward. Like I grew up mm-hmm. in a house where like therapy was like mocked and like inner work mm-hmm. was like mocked. And so sometimes I even feel silly when like I tell my husband, like, I just need to sit down and journal because I need a place to dump out my emotions and feelings without like dumping them on someone. And, mm-hmm. 
And, yeah. you know, like how incredible it is that we now live in a time where like this is mental health and our own internal health is actually valued. Um, I just, I, I think it's so incredible. And with your clients, like I'm assuming then you get to work with them, not just on like the physical, but also like the mental and emotional well-being. Oh my gosh. Such a huge piece of what I do is, I mean, the physical is a small little, little part of what I do. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. The emotional, mental, and, you know, mindset is a huge part of it because physically, like you, we know that we can only go so far. I mean, this goes for anything. Like we can be let's say we're focused on, you know, a career that we're pursuing or whatever it is, a goal, an achievement, uh, we can only get so far with that physically doing when, when we don't, when we don't focus on turning inward, we have limit. we're setting limitations on ourselves. So if, if we're just focused on the physical, it's, we're only going to go so far. So we really need to take a look at the mindset. We need to take a look at the emotional aspect of it. And a lot of this is just getting clear with how we're feeling and what we think and listening to ourselves. And we as women struggle with trusting ourselves, or maybe that's my own. <laughs> maybe that's something that I have a struggle with. But, you know, this is, this is something that I've really, I'm learning in real time now is really when I trust myself, I have the ability to shine. It's when I'm taking on what others think I should be doing or how I should be doing it or what they think about what I'm doing that. And then I try to emulate that. And guess what? It's a no bueno. It's a hot mess. It doesn't translate as authentic. And I limit myself. So, um, you know, I think that that's a big deal. But yes, absolutely, the emotional and mental aspect of it is is a very huge piece of it. So, last question. I think this is a really good segue for you. Is what do, what is it like to get to work with you? And you know, like having had this conversation, I, I genuinely actually want you to come back for a part two so we can keep talking. But I want to give everyone listening an opportunity to connect with you. What does working with you look like? And what are some goals people can come to you with? And what are some results you can help them achieve? Yeah. So I would love to come back. Um, what I I have, and my program is online. So it's my alignment and flow program. It's a 12-week journey. And I support my clients to really navigate blind spots. Um, we set attainable goals and and I really help women to, you know, become step into that space of who they want to become. And it's amazing. I've worked with women in all stages of life and some women, a lot of them, most of my clients are actually fairly healthy. And I think the emotional and mental aspect is what's been missing. So, um, I, you know, everyone's goals are different and some people, you know, some women are looking to, you know, run a marathon and some are looking to walk for 30 minutes a day. So based on what their activity level that will obviously decide, you know, determine what their goals are. And then we go from there, but really it's a combination, combination of mapping out strategies and it's a journey. I mean, every week we have a different module and we go through a specific topic. I like to do a check-in and it's really my clients become family. We connect on a very deep level 
And I love my clients and really I support them to flourish. And again, it's hard to give a specific answer to that because all of my clients are looking to achieve different things. Some are looking for weight loss. Some are really what they need is a mindset shift. They didn't come to me saying, I need a mindset shift. But once we navigate and peel away the layers, it's it's a really deep program. I mean, this connection that I have with my clients is very deep and it definitely involves introspection and discovering who they are on many levels. I love I think it's really important because, you know it's not a one size fits all. I can just tell mm-hmm. to you. And it's really important that like when we look at really healing ourselves and making more conscious, healthful choices, it's really individual. And it's like you said, some people want to run a marathon. Some people want to walk 30 minutes and, yeah, and, and the value in having somebody like you to support them, to meet them where they are is really key because I think a lot of people think that I can't work with a wellness coach, or I can't work with someone like me, Mm -hmm. a business coach until I hit this certain level. But Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing and what I think you also know to be true is that we meet you where you are. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that's what I wish more people understood just about coaching and, and mentorship and, and support in any way. 100%. I love that you said that because it's so true. It's, I mean, myself included, I have definitely been in places where I'm like, oh no, I can't, I can't, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. And it's like, the point is you're not there yet because you need support. And I absolutely, that's what it is. It's, it's my clients bringing me on board, saying they want to work with me. And I am working with them side by side, navigating whatever it is that they're navigating. It's not, it's, it's obviously, there's insights that I share and, you know, we, I mean, there's, there's structure to it and there's content and all the things, but really what it is, is navigating together whatever it is that they're looking to achieve and whatever they're going through. And it's not therapy, but it is therapeutic. And there is a lot of healing and, you know, healing involved when you, you know, someone is advocating for you and meeting you where they, where you are with no judgment. I don't, you know, screen my clients and ask them, you know, what physical shape they're in and how they eat and then determine whether we're a fit to work. Absolutely not. And you also don't need, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, being so far gone that you don't need help either. You know, I don't really, you hit the nail on the head. We work with, with clients with where, from where they're at and we navigate accordingly. So, um, absolutely. I love that. That's so beautiful. So, um, I guess I I was lying when I said I had, that was the last question. I have one more question for you. I think um, it's really, I think you maybe have already touched on it a little bit, but I love asking all of my guests, like very similar questions to end the show, but we've talked a lot about healing on this episode and we've talked a lot about stepping into a more conscious version of ourselves. So my question for you is if you could go back in time and talk to a younger Stephanie and give her Mm. a piece of advice for living life better or for calming down or for helping her achieve her bigger goals and dreams, what would that advice be? And how old would you be? Walk me through that. Oh my gosh, Danielle, you just (laughs) dropped a bomb. Um, Okay. (laughs) Wow. 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 Okay. Um, Gosh, this is, this is deep. Okay. So 
It would be my 10-year-old Stephanie. Oh, wow. Okay. And it would be you are safe. Mm. You are enough. Mm. You are going to – you are go- – now I'm not – I don't know. Um, you are going to make all of your dreams come true. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I mean, everyone's childhood was different, but at that age – I was being told very limiting things and the sentiment of things that I would never even dream of telling my kids. And so, you know, that fear of like, do people like me? Do I belong? Do I look weird? Do I, you know, all of those limiting thoughts and then hearing, you know, people that you trust enforcing things that are not true. So it would really be that you are more powerful than you can ever imagine And when you trust yourself and when you listen to your guide and your intuition, you will always make the right choices. Oof. That would be it. Oh my gosh. I have goosebumps right now. (laughs) We we all raise our children to know how powerful they are and how internally strong and capable they are. And they they can Mm -hmm. grow up to be anything they want. And oof. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, where can everyone find you and connect with you and fall even more in love with you? Yeah. So um, you can visit me on my Instagram. The handle is infinite underscore abundance underscore wellness. Um, My website, infiniteabundancewellness.com. And all of my, you know, all the information about linking up with me, working with me and all that can be found on my website. And we will link all of that so you guys know where to find her. And hopefully, Stephanie, you can come back again sometime so we can I would love that. Going. Maybe we can make it an in real life coffee chat, just something because I absolutely I enjoyed this hour immensely. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to be back. Yay.